Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. And now, for fans of the 13-time NFL champion Green Bay Packers, this is Cheesehead TV Live. Cheetahs don't stretch and neither do we. I think you're an idiot, and I mean that with the most respect possible that I can give to an idiot. <laughs> Packers Hall of Fame quarterback, Jay Cohen. Jay Cohen. <laughs> it's not as fun to say as equanimous. That is he a can... perfect example of a wrong opinion. Okay. Ring the bell. Welcome back, Packers fans. (laughs) Cheesy, cheesy. I figured if it's a Cheesehead TV Live, I got to be a cheesy intro. So welcome back, Packers fans. Jason Perone of Cheesehead TV, along with Jeremy Vanderlinden of the Packers Universe. That's actually a cooler title, actually. You're like of of all. I'm just out there. You are. You're everywhere. Like in space. You're everywhere. Just around. So the funny thing is, y'all, we were going to do the show tonight anyway, and we were going to talk about preseason game four, and we actually had it. Set up to where it was going to be fun all by itself. And then we woke up today. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, we should probably start with the obvious. Right. Um, Brett Hundley. Uh, no, tra- no, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, our boy Aaron Rodgers gets paid lots and lots of dollars. Do you have lots the do you, do you have the numbers over there? I can pull that up. All right. I'll pull it up. So, he gets his contract extension, which is great for a lot of us in the Packers blogosphere and probably for some of the writers because it's finally done and we can stop speculating on it and talking about how many years the Packers are going to franchise tag Rodgers or if he's going to get traded or right. if... No what, more speculation, no more waiting. It's over. It's that, done. That part of it's over. It's done. Aaron Rodgers is, is in Green Bay until 2023? It's 2023? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So by average, it makes him the highest paid player in the NFL, which is obviously something that needed to happen. He's still Aaron Rodgers, regardless of, of his age. He'll be 35 this year, right? I think yep. he turns 35 later this season. But he's obviously the best player in football. It's arguable, but we're a Packers show, so we're going to roll with that. So Jeremy, obviously, the obvious. We all know everyone's is probably excited about this, although not necessarily everybody's excited about this and we'll talk about that a little bit later but your reaction to the signing i mean it anytime you can lock up the best player in football for a long period of time you should do that and look the guy is probably still underpaid i mean after this season okay the the after, by march he will be paid 80 million of his deal already by march so they really front loaded the crap out of this thing which is very uh packers of them so Next year already, they have a ton of cap space, and they're not going to have a bunch of free agents they need to sign. So they're going to have some room to go do some stuff. It's not like Rodgers has really handicapped the team. What kind of a um, – give me an example of something that you think the Packers, like, might do, you know, like they've got some ammo. So is there any specific examples of, like, a transaction or something, like just as a point of reference? Oh, uh, you, know, you mean, like, um, possibly trading for somebody? If they, they wanted to trade for somebody. Right. Okay. Uh, like, for example, uh, there's a guy, Khalil Mack. You may have heard of him, and the Packers may want to trade for him. Is that what LA, you're... L.A. Raiders. Oakland uh, Raiders. Uh, Oakland right. Raiders. Uh, yeah. Really Vegas. Good. Really Vegas. good. Vegas. V- Vegas, right. He's soon, Vegas soon Raiders. He's, he's, okay, uh... so if the Packers wanted to trade for Khalil Mack, we, 
it's not exactly a clear-cut thing that they can do. There, there are some hard decisions they'd have to make to get to where they can afford that financially. Now, in the future, they can afford that. Like, Rodgers' deal is so front-loaded that next year he is a guy they could afford to pay. But right now, uh, from what I just saw, uh, we don't have super clear numbers. Like, nothing is, is uh, set in stone yet for us. We don't know what the numbers look like as far as cap space for the Packers. But we do know that the increase in cap space isn't that big. And actually, it might be a slight decrease in cap space i've seen anywhere from 11 and a half million to 20 million in cap space that's just not enough to pay khalil mack and so as far as this year and trading for khalil it's not it's not clean it would not be a clean thing there there are a couple ways that they could make that happen um okay but before okay so I feel like everybody was ch- champing at the bit, which, by the way, it's champing at the bit, not chomping at the bit, if you if you want to look up the phrase and the history of it. All right. That wanted a lot of Rogers talk breakdown, and I, I'm here to tell you right now, we're not going to give you hard numbers and speak to you in an economical sense. But, you know, you mentioned Rogers is probably still underpaid. Listen, we know that the pay mark – or the benchmark for pay in the NFL is a constantly moving target. Right. When Kirk Cousins got paid, it was that. When Matt Ryan got paid, it was that. Aaron Rodgers is that. The next guy who's not, by the way, not going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers is going to be that, and it's going to be more. So we have to understand, obviously, that this contract is going to become obsolete very quickly, and that's just the way the NFL works. So when when I say that we don't know, like we don't know the numbers yet, it's because we haven't had a clear cut, like nobody's put anything out that this is exactly what we're looking at. I mean, I've been digging around to try to figure out figure out where the cap space is at. Um, and I haven't – there's too many people saying too many things for me to know exactly what's going on. That's that's the problem for me right now. Um, as far as Aaron Rodgers' contract, I think it's like he can get paid up to $180 million total in the first year of his – or from now till March, he'll make $80 million. And for the next 200 days, he will make – Four hundred thousand dollars a day, right? That that we know, right? Okay, how that lays out and what it uh, what it does to the cap, I, don't, I haven't seen a clear, um, clean image of what that looks like. So we can't really get into the specifics of of all of that yet, but we will soon because we'll know those numbers soon enough. So back to the Khalil Mack thing, because everybody when this happened, it was like, does this pave the way for the the Khalil Mack trade? That's what. That's what I thought. Like, okay, great. They got Rodgers done. Let's see what kind of cap space this made. And they can trade for Khalil Mack if they got enough cap space. And it just doesn't look like they have the money. It's not, it's not that it's not doable. It's just not as simple as we have money. Let's go trade for him or, you know, make a deal with him and trade for him and all that. Because, we, because Rodgers, I mean, this, this deal actually freed up space, right? So No, not necessarily. I've seen, I've seen two numbers. I've seen $11.5 million which is a slight hit on the cap, like he, a very small mm-hmm. hit on the cap on what it was. And I've seen $20 million, which would be an increase. So I'm not really sure where it's at. Well, $20 million total, not $20 million of new space. Right. No, no, no. $20 million total. So right. $11.5 million total to $20 million total. Right. Okay. Well, and, and you're right. You obviously can't just go down to the $0, although, although here's something. I'll throw this out there to play devil's advocate. Okay, whether it was last year or two years ago, I can't remember which one it was. The Eagles were over the salary cap up until the 11th hour, and then they finally figured out a way to get under the salary cap. And, by the way, they're the most recent Super Bowl winners. So tell the Packers contingent and fans out there who say, listen, 
go all in, you spend, you do what you got to do. If you get over the cap, you figure out a way to get under it. You don't have to trade or get rid of some of your best players. Give me your, your rationale for why the Packers don't do that. Uh, well, they don't, they don't do that because, well, when you got to pay Aaron Rodgers and he is the best player in the league and he makes the most money in the league, you have to make sure you have the space to do that and be able to afford other pieces around him. And if not want, just afford him this year, but in the future. Right. If you want to afford to compete consistently and have other pieces around Aaron Rodgers and not just Aaron Rodgers, you don't tap out the cap. You don't do that. You don't even go near it. So that's uh, – they, they can't they can't toe the line too much. They, they have to be wise with the, with the way that they would make a move like this. And so, uh, actually, Andy Herman in our uh, Slack chat, our group chat uh, of Cheesehead TV writers – was talking about ways that they could free up space, and he said they'd have to get rid of two of three players to make this work, like via the trade or however that would look. And it's Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, or HaHa Clinton Dix, two of those three, to make the money work, to make enough space to pay a guy like Khalil Mack today. The other option is to completely backload a contract so he doesn't take too much of a hit so he doesn't take too much of a hit today, or the Packers don't take too much of a hit today, but later on they're going to have to fi- figure out how to pay him, and that's a thing they don't do because in the future, if they are, that can, that can tap you out in the future. If you don't plan today, like if you don't take mm-hmm. that big hit up front, it can tap you out in the future where you've screwed yourself. Right. So they don't want to do that. They don't want to backload a contract. That's not how the Packers do things. And so the next option is to – Trade, uh, you know, trade. Let's say they trade for Cleo Mack, and it's a first-round pick, and Clay Matthews. Okay, there's one of your three players, and then what? They're going to cut Cobb? Are they going to include Cobb in the deal? Would it be wise of the Packers to bring in Mack, but then lose Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews? And they're not cutting Haha Clinton Dix, or not cutting. They're not trading Haha because they don't even have the depth at safety as it is. It wouldn't be a wise choice. Mm-hmm. So as far as things they can do to make room for Khalil Mack. It's just they're really tough decisions. Like they, they're caught between a rock and a hard place as far as making that trade happen. Well, the other thing, too, so you've got rookies that are on cheap deals right now currently the way the CBA is laid out. So you've got mm-hmm. four years worth of cheap rookie. Let's say next year, for example, okay, the Packers get Mac, hypothetically. They push it to the limit, so they know they're going to be a little stressed next year, but they're trying to win this year, and they know that next year they've got a good chance to keep a lot of these guys, and they can do it again next year. Right. At the end of training camp, Jair Alexander goes down with a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. and you need a corner. And in order to get a corner, the only way that you're going to find one now, unless you want a scrap heap guy who's an undrafted free agent that some team cuts at the end of training camp, is to go find a free agent. And by the way, they're not cheap. Right. Those are the types of things you have. To, and, I, and you can't play scared, and you can't constantly ex- assume that an injury is going to derail everything. But that's a scenario that I could see playing itself out where you might think you're good, and you might think you're going to be able to get away with filling this position with elite talent under – a million dollars and save a ton of money on salary and get the most amazing value, but that can be gone in the blink of an injury. Mm-hmm. So as far as the Khalil Mack trade, to sum it up, as far as that goes, not impossible, can totally still happen, seems unlikely, unprecedented for the Packers. The options that they have have in front of them, those aren't choices they normally make. We, we have not seen that happen. Now, it's, it's not unlike Brian Gutekunst to make trades, obviously, because, well, he's doing that. He made, you know, he traded Brett Hundley today, the trade for Kaiser. Those things are happening in Green Bay. But a trade for Khalil Mack, a trade for a player of that that caliber, 
just doesn't really happen in the NFL either. And so, like, they well, would really hamstring themselves to make that to make that move. It well, feels that's how it feels. Here's the other thing too. Okay, those of you who follow the Packers for a long time know that we've been down this road before. Big name player possibly rumored to the Packers. Could they do it? Remember the Namdi Asamoah like yeah, 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 rage yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple years ago? Yeah. Thank God they were that never, didn't work out. No, of course. He was awful. But, but you know, everybody wanted the Packers to trade, you know, X name starter, name draft pick, and they didn't do it. And other teams always seem to swoop in at the last minute and make a slightly better deal. So it's not just a matter of what the Packers offer the Raiders to get Mac. Mac also has to agree that he likes that situation and he likes the long-term deal that they're offering. Right. And they're not reportedly the only suitors in this equation. And you've got one within our own division, which is apparently the Detroit Lions are interested in Mac. And I joked with Jeremy earlier, and I'll say it again, if there's one team or one of a very small number of teams around the NFL that I would immediately be less worried about Khalil Mack going to just simply because of their name, it is the Detroit Lions. So if that happens... I'm going on the record as saying, so what? But other teams are in the mix here, and that's going to drive up the price, and that doesn't bode well for a team that typically likes to be very fiscal and a little little frugal. It's my man Russ Ball in the Packers. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, okay, so I'll say this about Russ Ball and the Packers. This deal with Aaron Rodgers is, is really well done. Yeah. It seems to be really well done. Yep. So, like – Ninja Warrior Wizard Russ Ball, which I'm glad he's not the GM, but I'm glad he's, you know, <laughs> working the contracts. This is a really good deal for the Packers. So if anybody can can um, work the deals, I think Russ Ball can. I think he's very he's he's proving to be very good at it. You know, have you heard of Mike Florio? Yeah. So Mike Florio tweets and says, report Raiders seeking two first round picks for Khalil Mack. Who has two first-round picks? The Green Bay Packers. It's almost like this message is for us by the Raiders through right. Florio, who They're, is a Vikings fan. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so call, hey, okay, you know, so, so, call him what you okay. will, but at least he's, he's telling it like it is. There, how about this scenario? So we talked about all the like impossibilities and the difficulties, right? How about this? Instead of signing him to a deal today, you convince him to come and we'll give you a bump. We will give you a paid bump for the season. And then at the end of this year, we'll be able to, to, to work out a, a long-term deal. And, you know, that way Mac gets paid a little bit because he's working, you know, he's playing on his rookie deal. And he doesn't want to do that because he is, he's, he's not, he's not a rookie anymore. And he's also like one of the premier pass rushers in the league. So he should be paid like one, but he's not. So instead of offering a, a long-term deal today, the Packers maybe offer him a little bump and say, hey, come compete for a Super Bowl. We got the best player in the league. Come to Green Bay. We'll compete for a Super Bowl. We'll give you a little pay bump this year. Next year, we give you a long-term deal. Maybe? You've got you. you well, yeah. You, the, like I said, Mac has to agree to it. That's what I think the Packers would do, though. See, they're going to do something smart about it. And uh, Andy Herman, which, by the way, big props. I obviously is a, a you know a, a teammate of mine, a, a colleague of mine at Cheesehead TV, but he does a really good job of kind of getting ahead of things and, and understanding how some of the financial things work. And we were talking on Slack today and. One of the ways that the Packers can get this done is they can backload a contract, which we right. both have addressed. We don't like. We don't like that whole idea. It's not how the Packers operate. But, you know, that might end up being a situation where the Raiders and Mac both basically are like, listen, we have a deal. 
but this is how we have to get it done. Right. And, and this is a time when we're going to see how different Brian Gutekunst wants to operate and Russ Ball versus right. how they've done it in the past. Yeah, those things that we talked about, they're, they're unprecedented, but it, it doesn't mean... Yeah, if Ted was in office, we can just say this is never going to happen. <laughs> like, this, is not, this is not even a conversation anymore, you know? Uh, here's the thing about the Khalil Mack stuff. It's driving me nuts because, like, I get on Twitter and I see a tweet from any, like, any reputable blogger or, or even a beat writer possibly making a comment about Khalil Mack this, Khalil Mack that, and it's like I've missed. I feel like I've missed something. Like, is there a is there a real uh, uh, reporter out there who has reported that something is going? Like, I'm watching. I'm looking at Twitter and seeing all this stuff, and I feel like, did I miss something? Because I feel like it's every day somebody says something about Khalil Mack being traded to the Packers. I. You know what started this whole thing, and this is going to predate some of you listening to this show, Reginald White. And because Reggie White came to the Packers, now every single time a transcendent player is available, everyone wants to teleport back to 1993 and relive the big, big move, the glory days, and things are just different than they were back then. But this is, you know, the Packers are actually in a position of power for once, so they could do it. But this is also one of those debates where you're going to have some people on one side, some people on the other. Don't give up all the capital. And if they do, and Khalil Mack comes in and he hurts his knee in the middle of December, all of the all, they're all gonna come. Because when he of, comes in, he's not right. He's not hurting his knee. By the knee. way, we also need to talk about what number he might take because fifty-two is obviously already taken unless, unless Matthews is part of the deal. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> so we need to talk about what, what jersey number he's gonna take. Is this, I a, think, is uh, this like a, a name it claim it thing? Name like it, we're, claim gonna, it. we're gonna pretend it's going to happen yeah. until we're well, faking it till we make it. Well That's, Andy mentioned too uh we should just have should have had Andy Herman call in on the show because we're mentioning him so much. Right. Um, that I think Mac wore forty six in college, so that could be a potential because okay. I don't think anybody's in forty six right now. So we And they we did look at to, the Packers roster, all the fifties are taken right now at the moment, but cuts are obviously yeah, looming. But there's so a lot of there'll be yeah. some stuff open. Yeah, so when Kyler Fackrell finally gets moved on, which oh I'm sorry, Dude, am I teasing on gonna... the final fifty three here? <laughs> oh I'm let me look. That's not gonna happen. Too far ahead. Oh, it's not? No. They're gonna keep the, the giant, the soft giant. Yeah, right. they okay. are, unfortunately. But he did beat David Bakhtiari in a one on one rep in practice by by golly. One time. Woo! Sign him up, bring him on. He's the best pass rusher on the roster. In fact, why are we even talking about Khalil Mack? We've got Kyler the Animal Fackrell. <laughs> can we bring up that? We play, can we can we play that clip of him in Washington against the, the puppy against the Washington football team uh, in his rookie season when he was um, blown away by the wind out of the play? Um, <laughs> so, so the 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 Khalil Mack thing. Obviously, it's great discussion, it's great conversation, but you know, it's it's yet to happen, and it may happen, it may not happen. But there's there's a lot of moving parts that are going to take place before all, right, all, all but, that goes but, down. So but, bring it back, bring it back to the Packers, and, and do we want to do we want to get into the Hundley thing? Because I do think we got yeah, we talk, are we, we are, are going to. But I just want to say, let's just for a moment, let's just for one moment, dream, dream. Where's the dreamy music? Just if I had it, I'd play dream it. weaver right now. If dream weaver, uh, okay, so let's dream. He had 10 sacks last season. Let's say he comes to Green Bay, and now he's playing next to – look at the defensive line here. And he's playing next to these guys, and he's, like, at 12, 13, 14 sacks. I mean, like, that – that Khalil Mack 
would just make the defense so much better. Just, I just want it so bad. I just want it. And this is why I'm so mad at looking at Twitter and feeling lost, like I missed something, because I want it so bad that I wish there was a report out there that validated this this idea. If they don't have to give up Randall Cobb and they can get Khalil Mack, this team immediately becomes your hands-down favorite to win the Super Bowl. I agree. Yes? I agree. Now, I'm going to admit to a bias. I'm a Packers fan, so... Maybe I'm a little biased and I see things through green and gold glasses sometimes, but I do feel like adding Khalil Mack and having a difference maker on both sides of the ball like that, having an Aaron Rodgers and then having a pass rusher who can change a play like that, that to me, yes, makes that difference. and makes them the who favorite. would beat them. I'll take the bias away for you. Who would beat them? Who's going to beat them in, in who's going to come to green Bay and knock them off in the NFC championship game, or who's going to beat them in the NFC championship game in January you, you've, you've got the Minnesota Vikings, but they're, their mm-hmm. offensive line, and, and I'll say it, their quarterback is a huge question mark because it's Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Okay, their defense is still very good, but the Packers are, with Aaron Rodgers, neutralize that threat. Okay, and then you've got the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the reigning NFC champs, but right. are they going to be back? And now, I believe in were? Carson Wentz. I, yeah. I think Carson Wentz is great, right? Sure. And their defense is going to be good. So the Eagles, yes, is that is that team that could make that. Uh, that that could knock them off, and and the Eagles should we should consider the Eagles to be the number one contender no matter what they won they won it last year a lot of that team is back the Eagles are good I just I I agree with you Atlanta if they had Khalil, Atlanta the no, Falcons I don't I don't buy Atlanta because I just don't think they've put it together consistently enough for me to feel like that's that's like now I guess if I'm gonna say that the Packers haven't really either in the last few years Rams. The Rams. That, that would be that game would be like ten to seven. It'd be like a defensive a really battle. Ugly. Somehow Aaron Rodgers would be corralled in that game. It'd be Remember like the two thousand ten uh, Jets game, Jets Packers, oh, nine and nothing, and it was, just and it was like the windiest, terrible... awful, most awful Ugh. wonder. It was the most aw- ugliest win I've ever in- enjoyed more th- in my entire life than than that. It's like it, it's like that preseason game from last week. <laughs> it was so terrible and hard to watch. Uh, just well. For different reasons. The, that Jets game was actually a lot of fun because of the def- the defenses were so fun to watch. Dude, that preseason game last week, like, I was falling asleep. I actually quit watching, and I never quit watching Packer games. I stay up, and I, and I watch them. But, like, la- last week, dude, I quit, and I went right. to bed. I couldn't handle it. Anyways. Sure. So, Madman, thank you for being on the chat, by the way. And if you're not on the chat at Cheesehead TV, get over to Cheesehead TV and uh, chat and chime in, and we'll discuss your questions and topics on this show. Could Mac be a game changer on D like Reggie was? I'm not sold, but he could definitely help. I, absolutely. No, 100%. He's a huge help. And here's the, here's the thing that I like about Mac, and one of the reasons why I'm very conservative about spending a ton of money on guys is injuries and those types of things. But Khalil Mack has not missed a game, so his durability is already proven. Um, apparently, I'm doing the show by myself right now because Jeremy Vanderlinden has quit on me. I'm typing uh, into the chat, okay? Al called, Al called okay, me a quitter. You're Al called me a quitter for not finishing the game. No, you're back. You're back. The durability piece with Mac takes away some of the risk of spending all that capital and that money on a guy like him. So, I don't know. Hey, if you know somebody tweeted at me today, and I apologize for not having the handle up in front of me, but they basically said, listen, if Brian Gutekunst, and this is what they call a segue – if Brian Gutekunst can flip Brett Hundley for a draft pick when he was going to be a non-entity at some point, whether it was this year or next year, they can figure out a way to bring Khalil Mack to Green Bay. So with that, Brett Hundley is no longer a Green Bay Packer, Jeremy. How do you feel about that? I'm impressed. I am impressed that I am impressed that he was able to get anything for him. 
Now they should. Okay, I shouldn't say they should have traded him before last season. His value was highest before last season. That's when it was at its peak. After last season, it crashed and burned, and I thought there was no way. If they did, if they had done that, Green Bay's picking one overall. We would have had the first overall pick this because it would have been an absolute. Yes. Well, it was an absolute train wreck. It would have been a train wreck. Beating the Bears in Chicago would have chemicals. never happened. Yeah, be- beating the Bears in Chicago would have never happened. And that bragging right alone, every season, is worth a lot more than just one victory. I'll just say that as a former Chicago resident and so, Wisconsinite. Okay, to get anything for Hundley, which I thought was impossible. Like, I, th- I thought there, there's just no way. There's just no way that they're going to get anything from Hundley. He's going to be on the roster this year. He's going to be done after that. And it's over. What if we traded Perry? Owen, Owen says in the chat. I, I thought of that today. And I actually don't mind that uh, because Perry. That's an easy. That's a yes. That's an easy yes. Yeah, absolutely. And Perry's young enough that he might be more appealing to the Raiders. And they right. might be willing to take that. I mean, it's going to take still the draft picks. But maybe maybe you don't have to give up that second one if you throw a Perry in there. Right. And that's a great deal. Because of his age, I think he actually has more value than Clay. Now, it sucks because no, yeah. Clay's the better player. He does, but, but his durability, Perry, the durability factor well, for both of them is very low. I actually low. can't say Clay's the better player. Perry's pretty damn good. Yeah, but we don't see it enough. I know. It's He's not just a, always hurt. Good versus impactful. Right. So I right. still say Clay's more impactful because even though he's hurt a lot, Perry's hurt more. True. And even when even when he is on the field, he's got a giant freaking club on his hand yeah. because it's his hand is broken. It, you know, like it's it. Let's Perry. over. Let's over under it. How many games before the Nick Perry needs a club this season? I'm going to go and I'll pick eight. I'll 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 go ride the middle. Over under. under. I under. thought five. Five <laughs> popped in my head. No joke. Five. He's going to be wearing a freaking club and petting it like a cat after game five. That's if he's petting it like a cat. He's making plays. So I'm okay with him wearing You're a cat right. as That's long true. as he's doing stuff. Right. And he should paint it like a cat. A- anyway, so Nick Perry possible trade there. Maybe I I think. I think that would be like I would be fine with that, but that's just because he's hurt all the time. I think he has a little more value than Clay because of his age. Um, let's see, JC Carp. I, I don't know what you're saying. Jay Carp. The Rams are overrated. Oh, he, he right. truly believes Rams the Rams are overrated. overrated. I I don't agree. Well, okay. Jared Goff is still a question mark. I think Jared Goff makes that statement possibly very true. Right. He's the question because he's so young and we still don't know. We, we still haven't seen him. Like, can he do it again? Can he have what he had last season? Can he repeat it? Uh, I'm, I'm just not, not so sure. Repeat it? I mean, he wasn't stellar with that defense. And now you've got to keep to leave in Marcus Peters at corner. So he might, have, to, he might have even less pressure on him to be great or be really good. That game against the Rams, um, I don't think it's going to tilt the season one way or the other. But I do think that game could come down to home field advantage. All right, so Kyle says, any insight into uh, why the Raiders won't pay him, won't pay Mac? Any idea? Why, why won't they pay him? Uh, I, I think John Gruden is probably involved in this very heavily. This reeks of John Gruden. Right, why? I was going to say, I, my only speculation who that makes else, any sense is who that else would not Gruden do this? is the one that's making that call, and Gruden is being stubborn, and he's not backing off. How often do you get a defensive playmaker like a Khalil Mack – at all, and I get that he was drafted high in the first round, so he was definitely he needed to produce and be this type of player. But how often do you get it right? I mean, how right. many times have guys missed? And he's a he's it durable. He's durable. He doesn't miss games. He's produ- he produces. He's great. Like this, th- there's nothing that says the Raiders shouldn't be trying to get this thing done. And not not paying him doesn't make any sense to me. But they're not even talking to him. This is what this 
right here is what makes this trade a conversation and has everybody talking about it. The Raiders and Khalil Mack still aren't talking, and the season starts eight days from now. He's not going to be a, he's not going to be ready, or he's not going to be playing for the Raiders in Week One. Did they change the scheme. Who's their defensive coordinator? Did they change defense? Uh, I but don't he's know. the type of play, he's the type of player that could come in and play on any defense and be impactful, regardless, just because of who he is, and walk in cold and just do it without even looking at the playbook. So the but the, but the team that he's going to be the most useful to right away is the Raiders. You know what? Because he at least though, understands their. So their, build wise, it doesn't doesn't matter what the defense is because build wise, he reminds me of Nick Perry. Which means he can play outside linebacker and he can play defensive end. Just build. I'm not saying talent. I'm saying the way that he's built, I think he could play either position. He's a big dude. So it doesn't matter if they change. I don't remember if they change defensive coordinators or schemes. I just know he's not in camp. He wants his deal. He's on his rookie deal and he's not being paid enough money. And John Gruden's calling the shots there. And clearly John Gruden doesn't want to bend. Shark says he's the most stubborn head coach in football. There's some pretty stubborn coaches out there, including our own Mike McCarthy. I was but say, I would Mike say that's McCarthy's probably true. Pretty darn that's stubborn. probably true. He's probably very true. Yeah. Very, very true. And then Madman says Reggie McKenzie must be frustrated to no end. Uh, Reggie McKenzie must feel like he's got a virtual pair of handcuffs on his hands every right. day. Yeah, I think when, when the Packers were looking for their GM, I thought Reggie McKenzie would want out of Dodge. That he would say, I don't want to stay here. I, you know, that, that Gruden is going to have too much pull and I don't want to be here. And he said no, and he didn't want to leave. You think he regrets that decision now? Maybe a little bit, yeah, because he just, now he's realizing how bad, how badly he gets. Was, was McKenzie there way back when Gruden was a, a, a quarterback's coach, an assistant? I'm not. I'm not. Well, maybe. Because then I'm just like, I'm like, do they have any familiarity with maybe. each other at all? To where, where McKenzie could like, like maybe at least have Maybe they had a relationship, and, and that's why he stayed. I don't know. Uh, Al, Al said, aren't we all hoping for a, a, a Gruden train wreck of a return? I don't know if I'm hoping for it, but I believe it's what it's going to be. They paid him so much money for such a long amount of time that I just, there's no way that that actually works out. It doesn't make sense to me that that's going to work out. You know, Al makes a good point. Did Reggie say no or did the Raiders say no? Because they had a chance to get John Gruden, and that's a very Raider-esque move to be like, oh, John Gruden, let's give him $100 million and make a huge splash, and he'll take our offense you know, back to 1993. He'll take our offense back to 1993, and we're going we're gonna to run the oh. I formation and the wishbone. And Al, what Al is asking is, did Reggie say no to an interview with the Packers? The, or Raiders, the Raiders. No, Reggie said no. Reggie the, said he didn't want to. Well, no, he's saying, did Reggie say no to the Raiders? I, or did say no, or did the – oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah you're to, right. yep. to interviewing yep. with the Packers, Reggie said no. It wasn't the Raiders. Because at the time it was uh, John Schneider and the Seahawks oh, were saying no, but Reggie, Reggie said no, he didn't want to interview. Yeah. He wanted to stay with the Raiders. And like I it, think and that that was a dumb choice. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me why he would choose that. It, and now he's got – he has to regret that right now. Maybe a little bit. He could have been back in Green Bay. He could have been in Green Bay, probably working a job that, well, he's, he would be working a job that any GM in the league would dream of with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and the, and the team that's put together here. And instead he said no to only be stepped all over by John Gruden. Like that relationship by the end of this season is probably not going to be very good. Owen asked if you would trade both first rounds, first round picks, or a one and, uh, or one and three and Clay or Perry. I would trade both first-round picks and Clay. I would trade both so first-round picks and Perry. So then you would take the one and three and a player because then you yes, just keep a first. Well, okay, so Mac is better than – okay, Mac is a guaranteed first-round talent. We know how good he is, right? 
Or you can go into the draft with a first-round pick and, and, and hope that you get a Khalil Mack, but there's no guarantee, and we won't know it till it happens, right? So I don't mind giving up both first-round picks for Khalil Mack because it's worth the guarantee. It's like that second first-round pick is like insurance to have that guarantee that this guy is going to be high-quality talent. I just... I don't have a problem if the Packers want to give both those picks away and a player. I don't have a problem with that. That's a lot. Yeah, I know that's a lot, but I still don't have a problem because you if know they do that, what Khalil Mack is. You if, know what he is. If they do that, you got to win it all. Or it's not. That's a lot. I don't know, man. I, I, everyone has a price and everyone has a limit, and you've reached mine. Listen, that may be your limit. Unless that player is, uh, is Jake Kummerow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm joking. What if it's Randall Cobb? I'm just, no, and uh, it, very, it very well could be Randall Cobb. So, all right, Hundley, we're going to give the guy any love here? We're going to talk right, about some quarterbackery? Let's, 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 let's talk, talk about let's some quarterbackery. Yeah, the, uh, the chat kind of uh, moved, moved us back to Khalil Mack. But, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about it. All right, so Hundley for a six-round pick is what's being reported. Listen, I would have thought a year ago before training camp started they could get at least a five, which is what they invested in Hundley, to get mm-hmm. him. And then he played, <laughs> and that all changed, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, kind of one of those situations. Like I liked you till you started talking, kind of thing. Yes, um, good, good analogy. Uh, Hunley, I, 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 I'm, I'm blown away that Gudikins got anything for him. He's, he's a wizard. That's amazing. Because Hunley's contract is up after this year too. Right. So it's, uh, so this is a one year rental. The Packers are getting a sixth, right. which they can parlay and put a package together, move up into the fifth. Anything before the sixth round to me is like you at least should get a special teamer out of it. Well, I think like I can see I can see why the Seahawks wanted him, and maybe they just figured for a sixth it's worth guaranteeing we get him, get him than than letting the Packers cut him and hoping we get him. Hey, do you think they'll start him against the Packers because he knows the the offense and defense so oh, geez, well when they I, play in Seattle? Oh geez, I hope so. Oh man, <laughs> wouldn't that be good. awful? I'd be so scared. <laughs> but I can see why they would want him because he could probably now Russell Wilson's a really good quarterback so. I'll say this. I'll say this. Brett Hundley won't run that offense as well, but he can. He has a similar. He can have a similar play style as Russell Wilson. So, I think it, it's good that the Packers could get anything. I'm amazed with that. It makes sense to me why the Seahawks would want him. I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised anybody paid anything for him. It just blows my mind. It's I Pete, thought after next year there was no way, or Pete, after last year. It's Pete Carroll and John Schneider. John Schneider, you know, anything to stick it to the Packers. I got I'm going to take your – I'm going to take one of your quarterbacks. Owen asked if we should keep three quarterbacks. There was and a Tim report Boyle, today. That Tim Boyle is going to make the 53? Yeah, there's a report from Rob Domofsky. shocked, shocked, shocked. Well, I, oh, I'm not on. surprised. I'm Maybe. not surprised that another team would claim him. I just don't know if he, he's going to worth a roster spot. Maybe the ninja, Brian Gutekunst, is trying to create trade value where there is none. Maybe that's it. I mean, why would that report come out today that they're so, going to keep him on the 53? Tim Boyle and a first for Khalil Mack. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it right there. Because Tim Boyle might be the – hey, hey, who – all right, ready? I'm going I'm to do an impromptu impersonation. I didn't even practice this at all. All right. I'm hey, man, that Tim Boyle, I really like that kid. He's really good, man. Boy, I'll tell you something. He reminds me a lot of Brett Favre, but he's a lot taller and totally different. <laughs> hey, man, get him in here. This guy's Mark, a football player. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was that was George Bush, man. That was the worst Gruden. I'll own that right that's now. That's all right. That's yes. a, you tried, and that's important. That so was, we, I tried. You trying, can call it that. Trying matters. You can't <laughs> succeed unless you try. So I'm proud you of know, you for that. Kyle has a good question. Is Boyle the placeholder for Aaron Jones? 
Ooh, yeah. Or are they going to keep Bonyon Bonyon instead I d- for look, a week? It's not that I don't like Boyle because I I think he's been impressive in camp, and I think he's been impressive when he's played in preseason. I think I mean he's looked good. Yeah, better than we thought. I am surprised they're going to give him a roster spot. So him being a placeholder for Aaron Jones kind of makes sense. Like let all the cuts, let all the uh, practice squads be built, let all of that come together, and then. Two weeks later, cut Tim Boyle when teams already got their guys in and they're, you know, like maybe they're hoping nobody will jump on him at that point. And, it, and this isn't even like a guarantee that anybody's going to jump on Tim Boyle. Like Packer fans, well, all fans tend to overvalue their guys. They tend to overvalue what they see. So we're probably overvaluing Tim Boyle a little bit. In that we think somebody's just going to jump on him the second that he's available. Well, with the credible sources saying that they're going to keep him on the 53, to me there's chatter that says that's actually going to happen. But I, I do think – now Al says that he's always been a fan of keeping three quarterbacks. I mean, sure, I, I would love to keep three. Right. I just don't know if this particular year, if this roster can afford it. I am also a fan of keeping three, especially after the Seneca well, Wallace, yeah. Vince right. Young year. That right. At that point, I was like, they just need three. They never They should never go through – this they just need three quarterbacks on the roster and so i'm a fan of keeping three as well but there's so many headaches on this roster trying to figure out how many receivers they're going to keep does jake kumaro make the team how can you keep all three rookies and jake kumaro like it's just it's i don't know how that's going to look and to add tim boyle to the mix confuses that a little when they traded hunley i thought well there's your spot for that extra receiver and then immediately after that, Domofsky reported they were going to keep him. So I I don't – I'm kind of surprised. I I doubt the trade value thing, like that he's trying to drum up trade value because what would he get, like a seventh? It doesn't – it wouldn't really be significant. Well, he got so it a doesn't six really matter. for Brad Hundley. So apparently we have some wizardry going on in the front office of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> 1265 Lombardi Avenue is becoming a magical place, which is great. Madman says, well, they gave a spot to what's-his-name two years ago. Can Callahan. You figure out- Callahan. Joe Callahan. Oh, Joe Callahan. That's true. And I think Boyle's better than Callahan. So. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Joe Callahan. But everyone still wants to talk about Taysom Hill. I just said his name. Oh, there's people uh, getting their pitchforks out right now. So, as far as the quarterback situation goes, so we're obviously doing the show on Wednesday night, if you're listening to this later. Yep. The last preseason game is tomorrow against the Chiefs. Yep. We're seeing a lot of Tim Boyle. He's going to play a lot. In fact, I heard he's going to – God, I hope so. Well, he's going to play – Yeah, is he going to start? Cause the I heard, tomahawk assault. Commence. Well, you got to start him. You got to start him because you already know what Kaiser well, can got, do. And I, got, I don't know about that. I think you start Kaiser. And well, let him play okay. a couple series and then let Boyle finish it out? Or think, is it half I, and half? I think you go half and half. Half and half. Half and half because you still need – Kaiser still needs to work the kinks out. He's got a lot. Kaiser's talented, but and, and he's more talented than, than Hunley, but he is not as – in this, you might laugh when I say this, he's not as um, clean as Hunley as far as running the offense. Hunley is really good at getting guys in position and act, and knowing what the play is, but then as soon as things happen that scare him, that those things change. Now, Kaiser throws a pr- nice fade. I like his fade throw. He's, he's kind of got that touch on that ball, yeah, which is really nice, but I'd want to see him getting guys moving. I want to see him like, hey, you're over here, you need to be over right. here, and like, Give it a year. I think give it a year. By next year, Kaiser should have a, have a good grasp on the playbook. Things will look much better. I think Kaiser is 
Kaiser's a pretty darn good quarterback. He needs time to develop. Yeah, and remember, he's a backup, too. Owen asks if there's any talks about Eric Reed or any other safety, and the only reason I read that comment is because I want Eric Reed, and I don't understand why. Okay, I do understand why. Eric Reed is not really give The Titans were going to bring him in uh, for a look, and then he had flight issues and couldn't make it, so they signed Kenny Vaccaro. Right, so Eric Reed's still available and would be a huge upgrade to, to what they have as far as starting safeties. Like, that would be a big upgrade. I don't know that we'll see Eric Reed in the NFL this year. No. He would already be on a team. Right. He's he would that, already be unavailable that, to the Packers right now if he was going to play. Right. If he was going to play, he'd be on the roster already. I mean, I mean like the Packers... His only no- mistake was... The being the guy who's right next to Colin Kaepernick. Right. On the side. Well, and that's very unfortunate because he is a really talented football player. Like, if you can remove your, remove all the other stuff and you just say fo- strictly football, he's a good safety and should be on a roster. And I wish that he was in Green Bay. I wish that he was. Teaser, spoiler alert, maybe. The draft that we had this year that was wide receiver heavy next year, we're going to be talking about them drafting two or three safeties. We Probably. talked about it earlier. It could be. It could be the draft of the safeties. Probably. Again, and they just addressed it a couple years ago. Maybe a tackle. A Maybe, tackle. Could, right, Offensive they, tackle. Uh, the tackle group is really concerning. Of course. It's really concerning. But, but it's a league-wide issue. Well, It's not really a just a Packer issue. Tackles are... Tackles are not easy to find. And I also I have to go back and look to... We love to beat up Jason Spriggs because that's kind of what's become the fun thing to do. It's kind of become a narrative-based comment or a thought process. But... I heard some rumblings that those that kind of know what they're looking for actually said that he didn't do too bad. He had a couple bad moments, yeah, but that he would be a, a much better option either at left tackle or right tackle than Kyle Murphy. Well, and Murphy had the injury, so we don't really even know that Murphy was as bad as he looked because he's he's got he he had uh, what was it something with his leg? I, I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but he was dealing with an injury all game. Murphy, yeah, yeah, he was playing was with an injury, ankle or something like that. Yeah, so it's not like. We didn't really get to see what Kyle Murphy is. But let's, let's talk about that offensive line position for a minute because there is public concern. There's, there's, fans are concerned about that position. I don't know that we really have to be that concerned because, like, Lane Taylor might be able to jump out and play right tackle. You know, like, the guards might be able to bounce out like Lane. Like, that was uh, a disaster when Lang and Sitton tried to do but it. You know I'm what? Not... Was it a disaster beyond Kyle Murphy and Josh and uh, – uh, I remember name? Josh sitting like filling in at left tackle and on that weird Thursday wreck? nighter against the Bears at Lambeau, and they lost. Not because of sitting, but they lost that game. And it didn't look pretty. And TJ Lang tried to play some right tackle earlier in his career, and that didn't go too well either. So, not saying it can't happen. Murphy was a tackle in college, but right. once you get to the NFL, but are, it's a, but, a whole different But ballgame. would those guys be worse kicking out to tackle than Murphy and... For some reason, J.C. Treader is popping in my head. I think it's because I watched Hard Knocks today and I saw his face. Spriggs, thank you. Would they be worse than Murphy and Spriggs? I don't know, honestly. That's the problem. I don't know. I don't know that they would I'm gonna be I'm going to trust worse. that the coaches do have an answer to that question, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen it yet. So, yeah. in that sense, That's then, true, because we would have seen it in practice. We would have seen maybe them getting a few reps. <laughs> getting a little too close to the mic there. You, yeah. Got a little excited. <laughs> I got a little. I got a little excited. So uh, Owen asked, "Do you think we'll re-sign Cobb? And if so, how many years and how much?" I can't answer that question until we figure out if Cobb is going to be on this team this year. 
uh, as soon as Khalil, the Khalil Mack situation is resolved, then uh, we can answer that question. Honestly, like let's say that he's on the team and it goes into the offseason. He's the type of guy that I think they don't sign until like either late free agency. They let him go out and test his market or they wait till after the draft to see what they get. Well, you've got you drafted three guys this year. None of them are Randall Cobbett-esque. Right. But it's a new GM, and I don't think we're going to go. I don't think you're going to see the 5'10 speedy wide receiver much in Green Bay anymore. I think Brian Gutekunst has pretty much uh, shown you his cards. He wants the tall, mm-hmm. tall speedy. Yeah. I guess Ted Thompson didn't realize that tall and speedy went together. Right. Eventually, there was like a sweet spot where they like, they mixed and melged. I don't know. Was he was he awake during the '98 draft when Randy Moss came into the league? He and, might have been taking a nap. <laughs> he may have been napping. A Twenty year nap. A hiatus. Yeah. He's Listen, uh, we pick on Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson was a great he GM. He was. We no, should he, throw that out. We should just he, make sure we're clear on that. Ted Thompson was a great GM. Easy to pick on, though. Uh, Madman says they left Lang out on an island. Should have given him bad, tight yeah. end help. Yeah. Well, they didn't have a tight end that could block for a crap. Now you got Mercedes Lewis. Now that now could, they that they could actually that. be a neutral. Right. Idea. So no matter who they put out at tackle, they do have they do have the ability to put a guy there who's, who's going to be able to help. Right. Right. So... The tackle situation is, is going to be a little bit dicey. I think we're on the same train as most everybody else has been, which is we're going to have to pray that the starting five stay healthy, which is hard to do. And it's uh, a lot to ask because Bakhtiari usually has some sort of an ankle issue. Corey Lindsley usually has something go on. Lane right. Taylor has been hurt. I mean, every single one of these guys has had an injury problem on the line. Justin McCray may still not be 100% week one, but I still think he's got to be the starting right guard. Yes, he is. That's it's got to be him. Yes, he he's going to be the starting guard. So so now that we're getting into that, so I mean, the game this this game is obviously about the the rookie. So why don't we kind of combine like who we're looking for, what we're looking for in this game with some roster predictions. We're not going to sit here and go through the whole fifty three like but everybody give you some else things, has. Give some things to watch, some right. Things to look for, right? Like you like you had a good idea, which was you know that who, happened. Who could be? Uh, it did. It did. This is before you. We're quit. recording this. Right? This is before you quit. So, uh, who would be if let's say there is no more preseason games and you had to, to finalize your roster? Who would be your most surprising cut? Right now, it would be uh, the Ripper, yeah. Aaron Ripkowski. Yeah. Why you can't keep a fullback right now? There's too many other positions that that are loaded, and you have Mercedes Lewis. To, to play H-back, you can, he can lead block. You don't need Aaron Ripkowski. And I love Aaron Ripkowski. I love him. He's one of my favorite players, but I d- it doesn't make sense to keep him on the roster. So as far as surprise cuts, like if we were going to pick one, and how much of a surprise is it really? I, I think Aaron Ripkowski's gone. As he's been an entrenched starter, so that would still have a surprise factor. It might not be like shocking surprising, but I, th- but I, th- I think you qualify. I think that's just, a good answer. They didn't play a full. They didn't use a fullback a whole lot last year, and they haven't really used a, a fullback a whole lot in uh, in the preseason. The only reason I think he might stay is because Jones is out the first two weeks. Uh, Madman asks if we think Mike McCarthy will give help to the tackle who replaces the starters. God, I sure hope so. I, I hope so. Uh, Al asked why he would start doing that now. I don't know. If, if <laughs> you have a backup, anybody in there, you better give him help because Aaron Rodgers under pressure can be a disaster if it doesn't go the right way. Kyle asks who will get the third tight end spot, and we were just talking about. So, what, so let's get back to what to look for in the so game. So I'll take this one because, spoiler alert, and thank you for the nice teaser that I didn't even have to do on my own. My surprise cut 
is Lance Kendricks. Ooh. Because they're going to keep three tight ends, and I just think that Tanyan's got I, – I like him. I like Tanyan too, Bird. but and I think Tanyan's a guy – they could get him on the practice squad. Like, mm. I don't – I don't. Is, so is he a perfect example of a guy we're overvaluing because we're Packers fans? Yes, I think so. I I think he could get to the practice squad. But he okay, he could. But here's the thing: he can produce. He can play. I guess I get it. I was against backups and like, but there's just something about him when you watch him play that shows that he he could be. Remember when Tom Crabtree like we were like, who the hell is this guy? And he caught a touchdown in a wild card playoff game in Philly. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if we came full circle and we played our wild card game in Philadelphia this year and, and Tanya catches a, a key touchdown late in the game? Gosh, and- it's it's just not to me. I don't think Tanya makes the roster. I think it's going to be Lance Kendricks. Owen asked a doozy of a question. Des Bryant or Jake Kumaro? <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's really like a, um, a comparable, but uh, Des Bryant, like Jake Kumaro to me, I think Jake Kumaro isn't around past two years. Even if he makes the roster right now, I think Jake Kumaro two years from now is on the camp bubble and we're looking at him not being in Green Bay anymore, e- even if he sticks around. Yeah, I just – the thing with me and I've just uh, – you know, Al saying, yes, you're overvaluing Tanyan. Okay, that's fair. I just haven't seen Kendricks do anything special and I don't think that's the type of player that he is. But, like, right. he's had a couple drops and it's just like, listen, man, if you're not the sure-handed guy that can come in and be – the second inline tight end. If you want to run a two and then put Jimmy Graham out wide and just confuse the heck out of every defense. Yeah. I can't, why would I waste a roster spot? I think, but I think mm, last year I thought when Rogers comes back from his injury, he's going to hook up with Kendricks because Kendricks, you know, he has the physical tools to succeed and be a good tight end. Right. But he's never really put it together. And I thought it would be a lot like watching Jared cook. And it would just be like this guy that's never really played with a well. With that was supposed to be the other moron that was here last year. That was who was supposed to replace Cook. Kendricks was supposed to be a complimentary piece to that. Right. Yes. So I thought Kendricks would, when Rodgers came back from his injury, Kendricks would would uh, have a good game, and he didn't. I think he had. He might have even had a, a drop or two in that game. Like, I I think they keep Kendricks because I think of the other tight ends, he's the most talented. But that doesn't mean he's necessarily good or dependable. Okay. So, wide receiver. I still don't think we're any clearer on this whole thing than we were before, but I will say I have taken a position that I didn't have a week ago. What? And that is that if it comes down to Trevor Davis versus Jay Kumaro, and assuming Kumaro's healthy, because I haven't heard it's any Kumaro. updates on his health. No, it's Trevor Davis. You think it's Trevor Davis? It's Trevor Davis, and here's because you're going to use Trevor Davis as a kick returner if you keep uh-huh. him on this team, period. His speed... He hasn't done great, but his speed alone, you're going you're gonna to play him. You need a kick returner in every single game. How many games are you going to address Jay Kumro for, and how many games is he going to actually get in and play meaningful snaps? Those are valid valid points. I, I can't – I mean, I can't even really argue. I was going to say it's Kumro because Rodgers can depend on him, but and maybe when the rookies – if the rookies hit any kind of wall, they got a guy they can depend on. With and put Jimmy in the Graham game. and Mercedes Lewis, how, fa- how often are you going to get to your fourth, fifth, and sixth wide receivers? That's a great point. I, you know what? I don't see Trevor Davis on this roster. I don't. He see shouldn't it. be. I, w- I would rather. I would rather have. I'd rather have the type of player and the player that Kumaro is. I think it's the situation that's okay, going to make the decision. Let's not go the through players. the list. Adams makes it. Obviously, Locke Cobb makes it. Allison's uh, making it, whether you like Geronimo it or not. Allison makes it, and he is the third receiver. He's proven to do a couple of things that he's proven to be able to do a couple of things that you'd want a guy to do. For example, uh, digging out a low ball 
on the sideline. He had that nice catch on the sideline. Yeah. He had to go low for That's not a thing that rookies well, are ready to just jump Two years ago the with that catch do. in Detroit, like he can make plays. Right, so he can make plays. So those three, uh, Adams, Cobb, Geronimo, I think the three rookies. Jamon Moore for sure. Jamon, Marquez, and Equinemius. So that puts us at six. Are they going to keep seven? There was some I, talk about them trying to sneak EQ onto the practice squad. Do you think he would get through? I, I think he's on the roster because of how good he looked. I think he's, he's looked really good in the slot. He's really smooth and he's consistent. Like I said, like I said, the last draft or the last podcast, I think of the three rookies this season, he will be the most consistent. That doesn't mean he's the best of the three rookies. It just means he's the most polished today. Right. Jersey Al thinks he gets on the practice okay, squad. Okay, see, the there you go. Squad. I was just going to say, somebody tell me that he'll get to the practice squad. If he will, put him there. Then put him there. Sure, if he would if get to the practice squad, put him there. If he's not ready, put him there. And then, I don't know, man. I just, I'm just so, I'm so torn about this whole thing because the pack, they have to start fast. Okay, but aside and, and Jake from... Jake Kumaro is, is more, of a, a more of an impact to your offense right away. And, and right. If... Okay, aside from Valdez Scantling's first game in, in the preseason, what has he really done to set himself apart from Equinemius? And it's not like Equinemius has dropped a ton of balls. Nothing that I've seen it's with my eye. Not... Nothing I've seen with my eye. I'd have, to, I'd have to know more of what the coaches are looking for and so what they see. What I'm saying is, like, between like, – I think Equinemius has value on the roster this season because I think he will be the most consistent and polished player of the three this year. So Valdez Scantling has that, like, super high-ceiling ability, which would be great to have, but I do feel like there's probably going to be inconsistently inconsistency that rears its head at some point in the year. So it's not like Valdez Scantling, to me, is, is any more of a lock than Equinemius. So well, based on what we've seen him do, no, because like I said, the eye test hasn't shown me that you know everybody talks about his physical attributes, his speed. He can play special teams. He can be a gunner. He can be a wide receiver. He can get open. But I haven't seen like I was more impressed with the one catch Jamon Jamon Moore did make. Got to say it right, Jamon yeah, Jamon Moore ma- did make at, despite all the drops than everything I've seen from Marquez Valdez Scantling so far. Right. Uh, so Al says every team has late round receivers they think has potential. Not a big need. Uh, not a big need. Te- not a big need. Teams will be looking for at cut down time. That's true. Yeah, but he, so if they a lot of people felt EQ, like he was going to get should have been drafted sooner. So you get one GM who thinks like, "Ooh, I could steal a fourth round talent here for." Uh, right. That's the big difference with him is that his value as far as a t- as a player was higher than where he was drafted. And does somebody decide to jump on that? I, I don't know. I don't know. L makes a good point. Something to think about that, you know, if he got cut, there'd be plenty of guys out there with high potential that were late, late round picks that somebody might go for. It doesn't mean they're going to go for EQ. Uh, Madman says not sold on Davis. Someone else can do returns. I agree. Like just because they haven't had success yet at replacing him as a return man doesn't mean that they won't have success later. Trevor Davis was shit last year. Yeah. Like the whole time, the whole a, th- it wasn't like he figured it out by the end of the yeah, season. He, he was won. bad the whole freaking time. Why do we, why is everybody acting like Trevor Davis is like the answer that we're waiting for as a kick returner? He was so hard to watch last year. So is Ty Montgomery really that much worse? No, but Ty Montgomery can only return kicks for half the season because he's going to get hurt. 
Great His point. durability that's is a just, great point. as a kick returner, you, that's why you don't you can't put Ty Montgomery out there a lot because his durability has proven not to be there. He's going to be an interesting one, too. I don't think he's back. I don't think the Packers are bringing him back for another contract. That's another topic for another day. But All right. I don't think I don't think you'll see Ty Montgomery in Green Bay past this year. I don't think year. so either. I don't. So, I well, okay, maybe. What if, if Cobb is gone, he, to me, is the Cobb replacement. He does all the things Randall Cobb can do, and he's got – he's physically – he is built wetter, bet, better than Randall Cobb and could do those things better. If as long as he you're okay, stays as, healthy. As long as you're okay with uh, only getting eight him. games a season. Does he help them win those eight games? Yeah, that, sure, <laughs> but you got to win more than eight. Jersey L says Aaron Jones is the future in Green Bay, and he's right. Well, as a running back, see, I don't, I don't think Ty Montgomery is destined to be a running back for the rest of his life. Okay, but... But, but he is right now, and he's wearing number 88, right. Andy Benoit. It's Benoit, not Benoit, by the way. So, Aaron Jones, he can catch out of the backfield. He, he can play a little bit of that Randall Cobb role. He's that shifty, scat-back kind of guy. You could put him in the slot. It just depends on how he develops as a player. Can he figure all that out? Is he smart enough to do all of that? We don't know that yet, but I think Aaron Jones, as far as the backs on the team, he's the most talented one. Right. He's the most talented. Oh, of without the a doubt. Got. Without a Jamal doubt. Jamal Williams is great. Don't get me wrong. He's awesome. Sure. But I think Aaron Jones is the better running back. Yeah. No, agreed. Yep. No, no, no disagreement there. No disagreement there at all. So as far as the linebackers are kind of fun to talk about, because that's another thing too, because they just, they just traded. Now right. God, that was going to be like the big news, mm-hmm. you know, the Antonio, yeah, that would have been the big conversation. Antonio Morrison, who we were going to have him on the show. We invited him to be on the show, but I think he's jogging to be here and, and he uh, hasn't arrived yet. Yeah. So he's still running. He's still jogging <laughs> with his 5.0140 speed. Oh my goodness. To the, to the studio here. He's a little slow. Join the show. He's a little slow. So he's in the mix. You've still got Greer Martini that a lot of people like. He's a special teams guy. Probably won't play a bunch mm-hmm. on defense. He's fiery. He's got the intangibles. Blake Martinez is a lock. Obviously I really like Ahmad Thomas. I want Ahmad Thomas on this team. It feels like he's going to be. The way that they talk about it, it just feels like he's going to be. I hope so. I mean, it, you know, listen, you made a trade of Lindsey Pipkins for Morrison, which is great. That's another nice value if it t- turns out to be something. But if it comes down to it, uh, Gutekunst and coaching staff, please make the right decision and stick with guys who know the defense, can get to the edge. And, you know, if, if Morrison really can do all the things they say he can do and maybe he plays faster in pads than he runs without them. Right. All right. I can okay, be, I'm, I can I'm, be had. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they're not cutting Antonio Morrison. He's on this roster. Okay. That's bold. That's I think that's a bold statement because he hasn't, we haven't seen him. They're not cutting him. And, the, and, and they lose nothing if they don't keep him. Gutekunst has a love affair with this guy because he scouted him. And when it, when it, when the opportunity was there to get him, he went and got him. He wants him on this roster, and he believes this didn't happen because of Oren Burks. For those of you who believe that this Antonio Morrison trade was because it, uh, Oren Burks got hurt, that's not true. This is a Jake Ryan replacement, and it's been in the works since Jake Ryan got hurt. He's wanted this since Jake Ryan got hurt, and Gutekunst believes that he can be Jake Ryan in this defense. Right. And Jake Ryan was supposed to pair well with Blake Martinez. Antonio Morrison will pair well with Jake, with Blake Martinez and that he's going to be on the roster. He'll be on the roster because we're not going to see enough of a sample size to say, well, he sucks. They shouldn't keep him. We're only going to see one game. He's, he led the Colts in tackles. That defense was terrible. Their linebackers 
they were all terrible. So it's not really a great thing to say he led the team in tackles. But he did lead a team in the NFL in tackles. He's played for two years. He started a bunch. I think he makes the roster, and he plays some next to Blake Martinez, and it's a good pairing. You know what? I just remembered something. A.J. Hawk used to lead the Packers in tackles. <laughs> yeah, tackles Antonio after the first Morrison, down line. <laughs> Antonio Morrison, welcome to Green Bay. We're happy to have you on the squad. Fantastic. Oh, gosh. Uh, All right, so uh, as far as the other the other position groups go, I think cornerback is, is becoming pretty straightforward, especially with Pipkins out of the mix. Devon House is, is on this team. He's going to stick. There was some talk that he might not. But yeah, I think so. They need his experience. I don't want him covering Julio Jones on the outside anymore, but – they need his experience. And then uh, Kevin King came back to practice. Uh, I haven't heard any updates on how he's recovering from the shoulder problem, but the shoulder injury kind of just worries me. It's the other shoulder, but it just concerns me. It doesn't me. worry me anymore, not because I think he's going to be able to play and play well with it. It doesn't worry me anymore because the depth at corner is the best we've seen in a long time. Like, well, let, let's say maybe three years. It's the best it's been. Maybe since Charles Woodson retired. Not that they have a Charles Woodson-level talent, but it's deep like it was. Okay, so let's say Kevin King has an off year. That's okay. I think Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander are going to have a really solid years for rookies. And I think that they, they have what they need to replace him if needed for the season. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to go there. I think he's going to be fine. He played well last year with the injury that he had, and it required surgery. So I'm confident that Kevin King's going to have a good year. Okay. Kyle asks, where's, where has Josh Jones been for the, uh, the preseason? And, uh, and you saw what I said there. I think he gets worked in on obvious passing downs, and I think yeah. Josh Jones is going to be a guy that Pettin's going to try to send after the quarterback. He's a box safety. He's going to play in the box. But he's That's got his, the speed and the gonna, moxie to get right. there. He's going to play close. He's going to play close to the line. And he's going to be a disruptor. And, yeah, he might get burned sometimes. Just well, expect it. Josh just, Jones is going to get burned sometimes. I think he'll make some plays. I don't want him. In, I don't want him in coverage. So Kentrell Bryce, you have to stay healthy. Do you hear me, Kentrell Bryce? You have to stay healthy. <laughs> well, this he's season. obviously listening, right? Uh, now. Right, right. Okay. Thoughts on Reggie Gilbert? Reggie Gilbert is a stud. I don't care if it's in preseason and he's all Oneida. I, I do think he's going to be. He's going to do good things in the Reggie regular Reggie Gilbert is a pass rush specialist. He will not be a guy you want on the field on a running down. He will get destroyed. What I have seen a few plays where he jumps inside on a run and a guy bounces outside and he's supposed to have outside contain. He can't crash down at all. That's not really a thing that you want to depend on him to do. So he's a pass rush specialist. He is going to see the field. And he is going to have chances to make well, impacts he, he, in important moments in games. Well, he's going to see the field because they don't have Khalil Mack yet. And it's Clay Matthews yet. and Nick Perry. And both of those guys are, are going to get, get hurt, hurt. And Reggie Gilbert will be the next guy. And otherwise, it's Kyler Fackrell and Reggie Gilbert and some guy. Listen, named... okay, let's let's get into outside linebackers. We're bouncing around the defense, but there's, there's plenty to talk about with those guys. As far as outside linebacker goes, how does Kyler Fackrell, like, he's going to be the guy, okay, so if Clay and Perry get hurt and they're out at the same time, which has happened and probably will happen, Kyler Fackrell has to start for this football team. Well, but here's the thing. Mike McCarthy, is he going to stick with this stupid uh, rule about, I always start the, the it's a terrible McCarthy, I start the guys who've earned their playing time. Like, are you going to start Fackrell because he's earned it? And, oh, and and looked better in a preseason game instead of putting the more impactful guy out there who I don't know who that would be if it is Fackrell and Reggie Gilbert. I mean, do they have a fifth guy? Do they have Vince Beagle? 
I guess Vince Beagle is a he's he's a whole other he's a whole other project. Know, that, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people talking about Vince Beagle's not going to make this team. That would shock me. I think Vince he makes Beagle the doesn't. Team. I think he does. If he doesn't, that would surprise me. Madman, if asks he doesn't if, make this team, that should tell me Khalil Max on his way to town. Yeah, uh, Madman asks. So will teams pass on early downs and run on third down? Uh, only if the situation well, it's allows. League. It's a passing league now, so no. they prefer maybe. Reggie Gilbert's going to come in on those late downs that are that are obvious passing downs. That's what's going to happen. And so, okay, back to back to what I was trying to get to. How do you let Kyler Fackrell be on this team when Ahmad Brooks is sitting out there? And yeah, no, he's not no. a world beater. I don't want Ahmad so, okay, Brooks. I listen, don't want Ahmad Brooks. You tell me that Ahmad Brooks isn't a better option than Kyler Fackrell. You'd be wrong. You could I, say it, but you'd be wrong. If okay, here's the deal. I'll give you this: a pinky finger. I'll give you. I'll give my mom the better? nod by a pinky finger. By a pinky finger. Okay. How about this? And in okay, this is going into the, uh, the 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 list of the list of old guys. Tom Bahali. He's old. Maybe not as good as he used to be, but tell me, he's not better than Kyler Fackrell. Tell me he's not better than Kyler Fackler. No, he totally is. That's what I'm saying. No, he totally is. No, no, he, well, uh, I, yeah. Yes, I would rather have him out of retirement. I'd rather have, I mean, geez, uh, how far back do I have to go? Where's Frank Zombo? Is Frank Zombo still playing for the Chiefs? Is he still in the league? Owen says Junior Gallette. All I'm trying to point out here is there's not like premier talent available at outside linebacker, but there are better players in free agency than Kyler. Just, Fackrell. just so you know, uh, my idea there and my questioning of whether or not Ahmad Brooks was better than Kyler Fackrell got my five-year-old son up out of his chair and over here. And that was the sound that you just heard a few he moments ago. He wanted to ago. talk it's about the it. Microphone he was very upset because he has enough sense at the ripe young age of five to know that his dad is crazy. True story. Oh, goodness. Gracious. True story. Well, well, Madman says it's a wash. So you, you know what, though? You know what, though? I'll, I'll say this. I'm in all seriousness, too. And you can fry me for it if you want to. I'm OK with Kyler Fackrell being on this team because I think as a special teamer, he's got value. And I do. He does make a, a few plays every now and then. And hey, don't forget, he's the one that was in on a tackle when Adrian Peterson got hurt in Minnesota and like never played for the Vikings again. So basically what you're saying is. <laughs> Kyler Fackrell ended that nightmare. Yeah, right. right. He got Adrian Peterson out of the NFC North. You know, they should build a statue of him then. There should be a Kyler Fackrell statue at Lambeau Field. Uh, At Lambeau Field? Or you mean like a statue? Or are you talking about more of like a carving? Like something we would see in like the, the, uh, the restroom area? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, Like a, like, how about a plaque at every urinal stall? (laughs) A black of Kyler Fackrell's face. You're not going to give everybody their own. Kyler Fackrell has a monopoly on all <laughs> of the stall plaques at Lambeau Field. Well, yeah, obviously. I I have another direction I could take this, but I don't want to because I I'm I'm trying to be funny right now, but I do not I do not uh, see Kyler Fackrell as that bad to where he deserves no respect. So you're right. Um, you're right. Vince uh, Vince Beagle, uh, not sold. I'm not sold on what he can do. But I also think that he was a fifth. Was he a fourth rounder? Fourth rounder, you kind of got it by now. I can't, like, you know what? I can't remember. I think he, he was a fourth rounder. And, and, and by now in year two, even though he was hurt and he didn't, you know, so he kind of redshirted a little bit last year. So right. this is a, for, our, for well, the all intents said, and purposes, this is kind of like his rookie season. I, you got to keep a guy like that. He I, said he, that, that, that what we've seen from him so far in, in preseason is like assignment based. Like 
it's not like he's playing poorly. He's playing the he uh, Jersey Al says first first pick of the fourth round. So you're right, fourth round pick. Um, but from Beagle's perspective, what we've seen from him, or, or or the lack of what we've seen from him, isn't necessarily a talent issue. It's just like what they're asking him to do doesn't allow for him to shine. So I don't I don't Beagle is a mystery. Somebody said that in the chat. I don't remember who, but Beagle is a mystery. Al. Yes, Beagle's a mystery. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I, I think he needs to be on the roster. I agree. It, it's a depth thing. Yeah. When you get to the third and fourth guys on your depth chart, what can you expect? You're not. They're, yeah. they're not starters for a reason. If they were, you know, if you had three starters, then you'd be very fortunate yeah. at any one particular position. Just to bounce, bounce back to offense real quick, Martin V asks, are we worried about the run game? I will say no because the Packers have a long history of not really needing a great one to succeed on mm-hmm. offense, and eventually those guys will be healthy and 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 they'll be fine. Aaron Jones will come back after two two game suspension. Uh, Jamal Williams will be fine. So no, I, I'm not worried about it. They have a lot of talent at running back. Owen says if we don't make the Super Bowl, how many Pro Bowlers will we have? I don't think we're going to have to answer that question, but let's just humor him. Mm. I have a number already. While you're thinking, I'll go. It's four. It's four. Aaron okay. Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Kenny Clark. Ooh, that's a good one. And David Bakhtiari. Mike Daniels just barely doesn't make it. I think I don't think any of the rookies are going to make no, it. No, I, I think I agree with you. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you. If any of them, if any of the rookies are going to make the Pro Bowl, I think it's Josh Jackson. He's just shown a knack for making yeah, plays and getting wow. the football. I already don't want to line up against Josh Jackson, and I don't even play receiver in the NFL. <laughs> He, he just, looks great. You see his, his face like he just looks like he's ready to kill you and everybody else that you know. Now we do have to wrap up the show. We've gone over an hour, so yeah, all right. Uh, but- before we do, before we do, quick announcement, quick announcement because it's kind of exciting and kind of cool. And most of you who who are followers, oh, yeah. of Cheesehead TV already know this. Aaron Nagler is back. He's back. He is back, and he and Corey Banky are going to be doing Packer transplants next week. And I believe that is taking place on Wednesday. And if I'm wrong, Jersey Al is going to fry me for saying it live on a show but i believe it's next wednesday and that is that is great news for fans of cheesehead tv yes. and packer transplants and he's going to talk a little bit about his time covering the packers but welcome back aaron it's great to have you back it, there's actually been like a hole in weekly packers content since packers transplants ended so yeah it'll be really good to have that back and to have an, uh, a place weekly where fans can go and and be part of the chat and be part of the show so yes uh al says yes wednesday 5 p.m eastern 5 p.m eastern okay so get ready for that. You'll be able to download it afterwards on iTunes and, you, and uh, via the podcast app if you have that. Or yep, just like Stitcher. you used to. It's yep. like they're just going to pick up where they left off. Uh, Packers Transplants is back, and uh, they will, they'll be bringing you some content next week. I can't week wait. To, I just want to hear Corey Meltdown. It's been so long since I've heard a Corey, like a Corey Meltdown. meltdown? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it'll be good. I'm it'll, looking forward to that the it, most. I hope, I, Aaron, if you're listening to the show, you must rile up your cohort, and please, I want him to go full banky. Yep. It is great. It is good. It is good. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think we've gone off the rails, and JJ's like, okay, you guys just need to shut up over there, and the show needs to be over. So he's just talking over us now. So anyways, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have Nagler back. I'm happy to be part of what's going on at Cheesehead TV right now because things are ramping up, and it's going to be a fun season. So stick around at Cheesehead TV. There's going to be a lot of great content. I, I have a feeling this season is going to be – a ton of fun all the way around at Cheesehead TV for the Green Bay Packers, for Packers fans. 
there's a, there's going to be a lot of fun to be had. Yeah. And next up, we'll, we'll do a show next week, barring any uh, unforeseen circumstances. We must, though, because we'll be breaking down the final roster and then talking yep. about week one. We have some actual real football to talk about as the Packers get ready to open the season Sunday night against the Chicago Bears in week one. Don't forget, if you want to go to that game, there is still hope. It's called the Ticket King, Ticket the theticketking.com. Go and check them out. Check out their availability Packers tickets. We all know you can't buy them straight up, so you can get them on the secondary market. Yep. It's fully on the up and up and legal. They do a great job of offering the best deals and the best seats. Please check out the Ticket King, the theticketking.com. They have an office right down the street from Lambeau Field, so if you're feeling really saucy, Go on down to the stadium and walk over and see if you can't make a transaction and, and go that route versus a scalper who might be selling you tickets yeah. that aren't really tickets. You know, I think they used to have, and they probably still do, have an office in Milwaukee as well. So if you live in Milwaukee and you're looking for tickets, you can go right to their office. They've got offices everywhere. But yeah. this is this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, my friend. Much appreciated. Hey, one last thing. I want to I throw this out there because we're, we're so close to the regular season. Cheesehead TV Live will actually be live every Sunday at a bar here in Tempe, Arizona. So if you are a listener and you live in Arizona and you want to see us and hear us, we're going to be doing pregame shows live at the watershed in Tempe. You can come hang out and say hi. And uh, we'll be talking Packers all season long. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a ton of fun each and every week. Looking forward to another great season. Until next time, sorry we went a little long, but there was a lot to talk about. This has been Jason and Jeremy for Cheesehead TV Live. Thank you for listening to Cheesehead TV Live. Check out CheeseheadTV.com for more great Packers content.